Well, welcome everybody. My name is Troy Kennedy, and this is Hero Worship. This is a podcast that is meant to be a companion to my book, uh, Hero Worship, A 12-Week Journey to Become More Like Jesus. And that really is indeed the heart of this whole thing. It's to help you find the life that your heart longs for, to help you discover everything that you were made for by becoming closer to Jesus, to walking in intimacy with Jesus, and learning to become more like Him every day in the most practical ways. And so I hope that you already have the book and perhaps you've already begun your journey through the book, this 12-week journey that we're doing together. And each episode of this podcast is meant to be uh, to be worked in parallel with the companion chapter of the book. So last week we talked about the introduction of the book and we walked through that framework that Jesus is indeed the one person worthy of our worship, worthy as a hero above all heroes worthy of our imitation and worthy of our adoration. And so we're seeking to follow after him. We're seeking to know him. We're seeking to walk with him in the most practical ways every day. Because in the gospels, we observe this rhythm in the life of Jesus that he is doing things in the mundane that we can actually imitate and follow him in so that perhaps we can respond like him in the challenge. So if you don't have that book yet, you can get that on Amazon. You can get it on christianbook.com. And actually, it just recently got released in the digital format in Kindle. So if you like to look at your books digitally like I do, I like to be able to mark them and highlight them and search through them as kind of reference material, that is there for you. And in case you didn't know too, I also have a website and a newsletter that I would love you to be able to get uh, every week on Fridays in your inbox. So you can go to Troy M, as in Marshall, TroyMKennedy.com, and you can sign up for the One Small Thing newsletter. In the One Small Thing newsletter, you get uh, one quote from me, one idea or quote from someone else, and one small thing that you can think about or that you can practice during the week in your relationship with Jesus to help you draw closer to Him and maybe find some healthier rhythms in your own life as you navigate the complexity of our world here together. So, Last week, we went through that framework and the introduction of the book. And this week, we're doing our very first practice. So on the first day of the week, you read the short chapter in the book. It's very accessible. It's not a, a, not a ton of reading, but it does give you a framework for the following six days. And in those six days, there's going to be a verse to memorize. There's going to be some focus questions to help you process the verse of, of focus for the day and a place where you can write down what it is you're learning every day. Some people get intimidated by the idea of writing down what's going on, just, just to let you off the hook. Jesus didn't journal. We're not saying that you have to journal to grow in your spiritual maturity. What we are saying is that journaling can be a really helpful way of processing what you're learning and kind of neurologically affirming what's going on in your mind. So maybe just write one sentence a day. I'm not a big journal. Uh, journaling person. So I actually just write one sentence a day in my journal about what God is teaching me, what I'm grateful for, what I observed in the, the time I spent in scripture for that particular day. And you'll find if you do that for a while, not only will you accumulate a ton of things that you're learning and experiencing in your relationship with God, but you will also discover that you want to write more. Sometimes the idea is bigger than you can contain in one sentence or on one line of your journal. So really wonderful uh, practice to kind of get into your rhythm of life and it will help you practice and process this 12-week journey that we have together. So this week, 
the practice is Jesus prayed. We see Jesus praying throughout the Gospels, and uh, the disciples would observe him praying, and for some reason they thought, maybe they're not doing it right. So they asked him, you know, Master, teach us how to pray. It's very interesting. Jesus didn't teach him how to preach. He didn't teach him how to study. He didn't teach him, he didn't teach him a lot of things, but he specifically taught them how to pray. See, in the life of Jesus, we observe this coming and going rhythm where Jesus would have these discreet, intimate times with his heavenly Father. And as you read in the chapter, it comes before and after a number of different kinds of occasions. It's very, very relational. And he gives the apostles this model for prayer that you and I both know we may be overly familiar with. We call it the Lord's Prayer from Matthew chapter 6. So what I want to do is I want to walk you through that, but I want to start off with one idea. Sometimes these things like the Lord's Prayer, where it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. These things can be so familiar with us that they, they lose their soul. It's kind of like a hymn that you've heard a thousand times. Maybe you grew up in church and you heard Amazing Grace a thousand times, or I Surrender All, you heard it a thousand times, and you can kind of go through the motions without being really truly connected to the heart of that song. And sometimes it takes maybe a different arrangement, um, a different way of singing the song, maybe seeing the text in a new way for that to be refreshed in your mind so that it has got some soul and some meaning for you. So what we're going to try to do here with the Lord's Prayer is to give you some ways during the course of the six days of the practice to help you maybe recontextualize it and think about it in a little bit of a different way. So to break it down, just really briefly, our Father in heaven, we talk about identity and gratitude. Who is he? Who am I? And what has he done? If God is a father, then I must be his child. And man, just sit there and let that sink in just for a bit. If God is a father, I am his child. Now, some of you, the thinking of God like a father is a challenge. It's maybe your earthly father was absent. Maybe your earthly father was abusive. Maybe uh, your parents in general weren't very present. We all carry some kind of baggage with us into these things. But just to say this, if you want to think of God as a good, perfect, heavenly parent, and I want to challenge you to let Jesus redefine fatherhood for you. Whatever we carry into this relationship with God and we project onto God as a father, our experiences with our earthly parents. I understand that I've done the same thing. I grew up largely without a father. I had a stepfather for a while. It was, um, he wasn't awful or anything, but he didn't really care a whole lot about me. So for a lot of years, I walked into the future thinking, you know, older men don't like me. And I didn't even realize I had that kind of in the back of my mind. You probably have something different. And acknowledging that we are projecting our experience with earthly fathers onto God is a really healthy thing. Let Jesus reframe fatherhood for you and come to him and say, our father in heaven, he is a heavenly father, not an earthly father. He's different. He's better. He's more perfect, and he is for you, and he wants to see you thrive and wants to see you flourish in this life that he has gifted you with. And above all things, he wants to hear from you, his child. He wants to know you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He has made his name known to us. He has revealed himself to us. I like to say in the classes I teach here at uh, our local church that... Um, 
if you've read Shakespeare, you know, you read maybe Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet or Macbeth. In the play of Macbeth, if Macbeth is running around and he's, he's ex experiencing this plot, you know, the only way Macbeth is going to know that there is a Shakespeare is if Shakespeare writes himself into the play. And that's exactly what God has done for us. You and I are running around playing our roles in this in this earthly milieu, and God injects himself into our human experience and he makes himself known. He gives us his name. And then ultimately in the incarnation, he reveals himself in Jesus. Hallowed be your name, the name of the living God that we can know because he told us his name and it embodies the fullness of who he is as the creator. Your kingdom come, your will be done. God, let up there come down here. Let us be submitted to your purposes to your will, to your desires above our own. And let that come down here, not just in my life, but in the life of the people around me on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Let your goodness and wholeness and fullness come down for the people that I care about, that I know, for my community, for my nation. Give us this day our daily bread. Help us to learn to be dependent on you today and to be content in what you have given to us today. And then learn to do that again tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. And then forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, that we learn to acknowledge our responsibility, our culpability in the sins that we have exercised, the rebellions, the little white lies, the little deceptions, the little ways that we turn our back on God. And we don't, for just a moment, want him to be God because we want to be God. Forgive us our sins. And then help us to see how gracious and how fully you have forgiven us so that we can then exercise that with the people who have hurt us, the people who we need to forgive. Let us not walk in the irony of wanting uh, grace for ourselves, but justice when it comes to everybody else. Help us to forgive as we have been forgiven. And so lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, right? We're looking for protection. We're asking you, God, help us not to follow a path that leads us in rebellion, that leads us into trial, that leads us into temptation, but that we'd follow you. We would follow the good path, the whole path that the good shepherd would lead us on and deliver us from the evil one who wants to attack us, who wants to see us hamstrung, wants to see us weakened in our faith walk, wants to see us complacent and uh, ineffective in the world around us. Protect us from the evil one. Let him have no toehold in our lives. So that's just like a brief breakdown of the Lord's Prayer. And you can, as you pray that, you can stay in one of those ideas. You can spend a long time processing our Father in heaven. You can spend a long time praying through this idea, God, lead us not into trial and temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Help me walk in the victory that I know you have purchased for me and help me live into the fullness of life that I know you desire for me and that you desire not just for me, but for the people around me. You know, when you became a Christ follower, were you forgiven of your sins? Absolutely. Was your eternity in heaven secured? Absolutely. Were you gifted with gifts from the Spirit that are unique to you 
to serve within the body of Christ. Absolutely. But the bigger, not the bigger idea, but amongst those things that we often don't understand, we weren't just saved into eternity. We were saved into a family. You were saved. You were injected into and adopted into the family of God. You are a part of the body of Christ. We are privileged to be part of an eternal family people who are filled with the Spirit of God, that we are bonded together regardless of our ethnicity, our history, our background, our whatever baggage that we carry along with us, we have been redeemed by the good work of our Savior. And it's through Him and through the Holy Spirit who is alive in us that we are a family of God. You have a forever family. You were bought with the blood of Jesus and entered into His kingdom and entered into the church into the body of Christ, and you have a function in the body. And you have gifts that you bring to the table. And you have a forever family. That is another fringe benefit of the salvation that was bought for you by the blood of Jesus, by the work of Jesus that we could not do for ourselves. How beautiful and profound is that? So, whether you have just completed this week of uh, journeying with Jesus in prayer as he has modeled this for us, I want you to understand this as well. You are praying not just for yourself. You can pray for the people in your circle of influence, people in your uh, close kind of relationships. That could be your gym, your church, your neighborhood. You could pray for your city. You can pray for your nation. You can pray for the world. What is God doing? What is the kingdom of God doing? in the world. Let's join Jesus in his work all around us. So that's just some extra thought as you work through this journey that Jesus prayed, and we're going to walk in imitation of him in our prayer lives. This next week, we're going to be going through this part of our journey called Jesus New Scripture. And I know it sounds simple, and it sounds like, well, kind of duh. Yeah, but Jesus was immersed in Scripture. He knew the old covenant backwards and forward. He is, because he's the one who inspired it. It is the spirit of Jesus, spirit of Christ, that has inspired the scriptures that led the old covenant, the Old Testament prophets to be looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And next week, when we get into this this section of Jesus' new scripture, I'll unpack some other biblical background to give you something more robust and really beautiful as we learn to understand more and more what it means to follow Jesus as we immerse ourselves in this great revelation, this great narrative, this great special love letter that God has given to you and I so that we could know him. Have a great week as you follow Jesus in his imitation, as you follow him in prayer. Remember, he is our hero. He is the one that we're seeking to imitate and to follow. God bless you on your journey, and I'll talk to you next time.